Welcome to the Wits and Weights podcast, where we discuss getting strong and healthy with strength training and sustainable nutrition. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and in each episode, we examine strategies to help you achieve physical self-mastery through a healthy skepticism of the fitness industry and a commitment to consistent nutrition and training for sustainable results. Welcome to another episode of Wits and Weights. I'm chatting today with Scott Friedman about the mindset side of health and fitness, which I think is underrated, but critical principle for success. Scott is a nationally accredited personal trainer, fitness nutrition coach, and behavior change specialist who's been in the fitness industry for years. He's worked with hundreds of clients and specializes in mentoring them on how to build long-term sustainable habits using his key principles of mindset, motion, and momentum. Scott is a unique and engaging speaker, coach, and host of the Power of, Pro- Power of Progress podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, he prides himself on understanding the needs of those who wish to change their lives. Through storytelling, personal experience, and a refreshingly honest take on the fitness and nutrition industry, Scott empowers and inspires his audiences and clients to take congruent action to achieve their goals. His authentic grip it and rip it style resonates with people and motivates them to take practical steps that improve their lives. Scott, man, thank you for coming on the show. No, man, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so we connected a little while back and we're doing a little podcast swap here. So today we're going to talk mindset and maybe some training and things like that. I just want to start with your background, right? You have your podcast, The Power of Progress. You're also a public speaker, you're a coach, you're a trainer. So what inspired you to get into the fitness industry? And I do want to know about your grip it and rip it style. <laughs> so I think it goes back, uh, I don't want to go too long with it, but it, it goes back to junior year of high school. I was, I've always been like this lanky kid. My dad used to call me like Elmo or like a Sesame Street character because my arms were so lanky, but there was like a good layer of muscle there, but I had like these lanky arms and I was like, okay, fine. I'm a lanky kid. No big deal. But then the winter of my sophomore year, actually, I started to notice, I started to get a little bit of a gut. Uh, and it wasn't anything bad, but I couldn't, you know, you couldn't see like the, the skinny kid six pack anymore. It wasn't like a real six pack, but like I was skinny so I could see it. I, I couldn't see it. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to like do something. So I joined, I started joining some sports and, uh, from there, you know, when you join like the track team or whatever it is, varsity track team, it's, uh, they start, they start making you weightlift. I've never weight, weightlifted before in my entire life. I started doing it and it, it was like the most embarrassing thing. Like when you first start with all these like seniors and you're like a, a sophomore or junior and they're like lifting all this weight. I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I kind of fell into it. So, you know, I graduate high school. I, I started to get this routine going, started going to the gym every day after school, right before I graduate. My mom pushed me to do physical therapy uh, is my major in college. And I'm like, okay, I'll do physical therapy. They make good money. I think, and mm-hmm. I can, I can say I'm a doctor. Like that's what the parents want. I'll do all that. Two years in, I'm doing like organic chemistry and like just biophysics. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't care about, I just want to like work out. Like I don't understand. So I found out, I had no idea. I found out that there's a kinesiology program, which I have no idea what that is. It's exercise science, which is basically personal training in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll just switch to this. All the classes are super easy and I'll just be a personal trainer. Like, why not? That's what I want to do anyway. So I switched halfway through, um, you know, I took a little longer to graduate, but I switched halfway through and went to kinesiology. And I like to say I ace most of my classes, uh, but I got into it. And really, that was kind of the start of it. That kind of that three year period of like, you know, senior to, to sophomore in college is really where like I 
really honed my love for working out. And I think my freshman year of college where I moved to a brand new city, probably an hour away from home, but I lived in the dorms and I broke my ankle in the first three weeks Ugh. of school. Like, do you, I mean, imagine the, the you know, I live on the fifth floor of this 1940s building, no elevator, no air conditioning in the middle of August, September in Chicago. So it's boiling hot. I live on the top bunk. I know one person and that's my roommate. He's the one who convinced me to go like a jerk and broken ankle. Don't know anyone. So I'm sitting there every day. I, I hobble, hobble to class <laughs> crutches, right? I, on crutches in a, in a boot and crutches. I hobble to class and we have like this, we had like a subway deli basically. So I, I'd order two sandwiches when I got home, one for lunch, one for dinner. And other than that, I would literally just be at the gym every single day for like two hours, mostly because it took me like, forever to walk around it only mm-hmm. was like an hour of working out but i couldn't i had to hobble from each station set things up yeah. and that was really it i mean that's when the, the the routine clicked that's i had nothing else to do but work out for like a year straight or maybe it was like six months whatever it is but and that's that's really where it came from and i just loved how i felt loved how i looked uh just to be as vain as possible and that you know and you're, and you're a college kid like that's what you love mm-hmm. and obviously as i grew in the career and as i kind of made it a career you grow and you find out more about fitness than just lifting heavy weights a billion times to be as, you know, jacked as possible when you're in college. Of course, man. And, and, you know, you mentioned the vanity thing, but it's kind of funny because people don't care about vanity until they see that they get the results from this and then they <laughs> care about vanity. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, because people can, I was listening to another show and they were talking about how this guy lost a ton of weight and was able to nail everything down and improve his body for the first time in his entire 50 years of life in like six months. And you could do it that fast. And it was like, it, it drove him to do that. So that's okay, man. Right. Um, I do want to, I do, I don't know if you didn't, you answered the question or I didn't get it, but the grip it and rip it style. What's that? Oh, yeah. About? Yeah. So, I've always been kind of a, a contrarian when it came to school, especially in college. You know, my, my instructor is so a good example of fitness. We had this guy come in and, you know, we just had learned, you know, an hour, a day before about how if you're overweight or obese, clinically speaking, like you shouldn't be doing probably eccentric concentric lifting too much because it could cause a heart attack because it, it, it reduces the blood vessels. And so we learned all this stuff. Okay. This guy comes in. And he comes in all professional, owns a gym, very, you know, suave, talks to us. He starts talking how, oh, he doesn't care. You know, he doesn't do anything, any testing, any medical testing, anything like that. He starts talking about, oh, like, this is great. So I'm the guy, I'm the jerk who basically is like, well, we just learned what you just said will probably cause someone to have a heart attack without them consulting their doctor and making sure they're healthy enough to work out. So why would we want to do that? Why would we want to work for you? And like in front of this guy. And so mm-hmm. I was, I was, I've always been this guy of like, I don't take what everyone says as like the gospel. And I've always, you know, when you pass the certification test, when you do all these textbooks and then you're like, Oh, I'm so ready to go. I'm so ready to like be in fitness. And then you get into fitness and you're like, this is nothing. Like, like what were you teaching me for? Four, like, compute, what, right? At <laughs> Something all. That makes sense. It's like you wasted, I wasted so much money. So I, I tell people now in college, I'm like, honestly, like just get the certification and get practical experience. Like right. don't waste time going to college. Cause it's just, it's just, it's not the same. So my grip it and rip, it really came from, I hate the idea of these, these suave people sitting on a pedestal. They, you know, with their amazing corporate PowerPoints and, you know, talking as if they, you know, their doctorates. It's like most people communicate on like a seventh grade level. Mm-hmm. This is how we communicate. And and that's how I communicate. I don't want to be bogged down in the the nuances of, oh, make sure this is perfect. Make sure, no, no, just, just go and talk. 
and people will resonate with the message. People could understand, even if you misspeak, people will understand what you're trying to say. And I wasn't, and when I started the podcasting era of what I was doing a couple of years ago, and um, my whole thing was, I am not going to do this if I have to worry about lighting, if I have to worry about the best possible headset, the best possible mm-hmm. microphone, the best possible backdrop, which I imagine most people will tell me, oh, you can improve this, you can improve that. I'm like, if I can't just talk into a microphone and if I need to make all these outlines, I won't do it. So my whole goal was, what if I do this and just and just talk and just go at it? And you know, when I first got started, I was listening to a different podcast who was very similar, who he just talked into a microphone, no script, no yep. nothing. And it was yep. very authentic, transparent. And I thought that it resonated with me because I was like, that's how I talk. That's how I want people. I don't want this, well, today, what we're going to do. And it's just like, I don't need, and that's not how fitness is. Fitness is very fluid and fitness is very... Well, it depends. And it, it, I think it, yeah. it goes in that organic nature of let's just have a conversation. We're going to mess up. We're going to stutter. We're not going to be the perfect uh, you know, essence of speaking or, or whatever it might be. And that's kind of the grip and rip. And I tell you how it is and not going to sugarcoat what can happen if you do it a certain way. And that's cool. kind of where the grip and rip it came from. Cool. Yeah. And I, that's, so if I were to interpret it, that's, that's kind of what I was getting from it. Of course, it's a deadlifting term, I think, right? Grip it and rip it. But yeah. uh, it, it comes across as like, you know, perf- don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Like just take action. Don't wait. Don't make it, make excuses, especially, right? It's like, oh, everything has to be set up just right. Um, of course, I'm very anal and very organized about things. So some of the podcast stuff does hit me a little bit right here because I do prepare, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. We're all different, right? That's the point. Um, so, all right, let's get into some of the mindset stuff then we're here to talk about. You know, you have your key principles as part of your, you know, who you are and how you talk through this of mindset, motion, and momentum. And that first one being mindset, I don't know if it's intentionally first, but I, you know, it gives it a clue to how important it is. So most people have a goal, right? Most people have a specific goal. And it's usually like, hey, I want to lose weight. I want to look good. I want to lose X pounds. Um, I have a date that I need to hit for an event, whatever what's your approach with a client who comes in and says that and maybe maybe and you tell me maybe instead you want to focus them on the process or on the lifestyle changes before really trying to get to that goal which may be months out that's a great question because it, you have to there's a balance when it comes to you know training clients and I teach a bunch of new trainers now kind of how to find that balance in when you're training because they're paying you to get results. At the end of the day, they're paying you to get results. Mm -hmm. So I think if someone were to come to me and and what I've done is I try to, I try to, I let them know number one, that like, you know, here's what I'm looking at, right? I'm looking at, okay, like you're saying this, but what are your actions or what are your actions actually telling us? So I think there is a balance when someone comes to you and you know that they're not ready or, you know, you want to talk about something else. But at the same time, you also need to show them they got to get results because they're paying you, especially if you're working, in, again, in a practical sense, right? If you're working in a commercial gym where you have a sales quarter, if you're working at a studio, if your job is to personal train or even on your own, you're, you're a contractor and you go to places or whatever it is, you got to get results. You have to be a good trainer. So you can't stop that and go, well, for the first six months, we're going to work on building this habit mm-hmm. for – and so you have to, it's kind of a mix. You, you, you incorporate things where you can – and then use your expertise and your knowledge of, okay, look, this is why this is happening. I have a client recently who I've been working with him for over a year. And I don't think he'll listen to this, so it's okay. I can say it. Uh, <laughs> Talk about clients all the time. Yeah, Just don't right. use their name. <laughs> yeah, no, no name. But he he's he's he had no nothing. Eating was horrible. Fitness is horrible. He, you know, of course, he wants to make the change. He's paying me good money to make the change. And we've got him finally in a good fitness routine. But his diet, and I, again, I don't want to use the word diet necessarily, but for the sake of the argument, use mm-hmm. the word diet, is 
horrible. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's absolute trash. It, it's the, it probably one of the worst I've seen to be totally honest. Okay. And, but I can't, what am I going to do? Am I not going to train him so that we can focus, but he won't do that. So it, I have to find the compromise of, okay, where can I push him? Where can I not push him and get him results along the way? And eventually what we've started to do was we've taken these mini steps and like you said, kind of earlier, different verbiage, but progress is new perfection. So if someone wants to change their mindset, it's on me to know that and to basically create that adaptation. So what I started doing actually was instead of personal training, I focused more on coaching. And that's kind of where I differentiate because I felt when I was at a studio or I was at a, a commercial gym, I don't have time for that. You're a trainer, right? You have 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You got to get them sweating. You got to get them results. That's what you're getting paid for. You don't have a lot of time to talk about mm, their mindset right. or talk about their habits. And so you have to work in those things when you're stretching them, when you're doing these things. But it, it's it's important to realize, okay, how do I do that when I'm trying to personal train them? Because if you can kind of find that balance, then they'll stay with, you know, they might not stay with you because they'll learn a lot, but they will give you referrals. They'll, they're going to love you. They're, it's going to be a great experience for you. And the way I've done that is I've transitioned from personal training to more of a coaching perspective. So and I differentiate that between, okay, personal training is more so kind of what traditional you work out with them, you, you know, weight sets, right, all you're just, stuff. you're just holding their hand right there through the, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And coaching is I focus less on, I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm going to give you all the tools that you need. I'll give you the exact workout that you need, but I'm not going to be there with you working out. You're going to have to, you know, I'll have the videos for you. I'll have everything you need, but you got to learn it. Cause if you're not going to learn it, then I'm not sure I can help you with the mindset part of it. So I, I've deviated from personal training directly to more of a coaching programming perspective. And both are needed, by the way. Some people absolutely need personal training. They need that handheld and some don't. It just depends on kind of who you're, who you're talking to. Yeah, it's kind of interesting hearing it from your perspective because I come from the other side of it, the nutrition coaching side, and I'm trying to get more and more into working with people on their training, but without being a personal trainer, which is, and being all online, you know, it's like form checks and here's your program, but now go and do your squats. And then the next day I'm going to have to fix all the bad squats you just did. And I can't do that in the moment like a personal trainer can. So it's like, you have to trust that they're going to take that information, which means you have to communicate it really well. Yes. Um, Cool. So we just covered we just covered a lot about um, the fact. I, I like the example you ma- made about the six months. Like we can't work on something for six months before we get going. You wish you could, right? Like you wish you could be with a client for five years and like just fix everything over those five years. <laughs> well, it's, most people are like, you know, you'll, you'll get a client who, you know, let's say you're at the commercial gym or something, and oh, let's buy a twelve pack of, of thirty minute sessions. After four sessions, they're like, "Why well, haven't lost weight?" I'm like, "Dude." Like you're probably 50 years old, you know, whatever. And like, I'm trying to undo 50 years of crap that you've done to your body in like four sessions. Like you gotta, so it takes time too. And that's the issue. It takes a lot of time to get those sustainable results. I should say you could probably starve someone quickly. Yeah, of course. And that's the problem with their industry, right? There's so many people with the short-term fix and you have to package it in a different way and message it in a different way where they're still going to stick with you. And I think your podcast and you know, um, speaking to people and having them hear and trust you and understand it's a long game goes a long way. But what would you, how would you, so kind of going off the cuff on this, um, if somebody really, really needs a lot of work, okay, they're, you know, they're stressed by their job. They get five hours of sleep. They're not training consistently. They barely move. Their diet is trash. Like you said, um, where, where do you start with that? You know, I think it has to be case by case. I think you figure out where in, in behavioral, you know, uh, change, you know, kind of stuff, you know, you have the pre-contemplation, the contemplation fields, the action fields. So you kind of figure out which stage they're in, in in each part of it. If if the fitness is the easiest part or if the nutrition is the easiest part. Hmm. If someone comes to me and says, okay, oh, I, I love to cook and I hate to work out. 
I may focus on the nutrition aspect because I, you know, I'm nutrition certified, so I can do that, but obviously not, you know, not with the RD stuff, but I may focus on that first and say, okay, let's, let's make baby steps this way. Cause you know, we all know that nutrition is extraordinarily important. If not even, you know, they're symbiotic, but very, very important that mm-hmm, it doesn't get sure. the credit it deserves. So I probably focus on that. If they tell me that they hate cooking, they only eat out, but they, you know, but they can probably schedule in time to work out. I may focus on the workout first. So I think it's a matter of progress is the new perfection. If I can get them mm-hmm. 1% better every time and just keep, going and show them, look, when we first started a month ago, here's where you were at. Here's where you're at now. You might not see weight loss necessarily if that's the goal, but here's what you're doing. Like, look at what you've done. You've done 12 workouts. You've done X, Y, and Z. You've built muscle here. Like you're on the right path. It's going to take time and, and come. And I'm very transparent with that. I'm like, this is going to take time. Like you're investing in the process, just like a job, just like a relationship. This is no different than anything else. Like you didn't start in a company at president. You started with minion and you worked your way up to you know whatever director role that you might have. It's the same thing. Your body's the same way. You got to start from where you're at and then work your way up, and then you know so on and so forth. So I, it, it is a very hard question, but the answer is it depends based on kind of where their mindsets at. But I wouldn't attack it all at once. I would go mm-hmm. one at a time, very small steps. Yeah, and, and you. That's what I was getting from what you're saying is the small wins. It's like a lot of people try to start from the biggest gap maybe and try to fix that. And then it's very uh, demotivating when it takes time to kind of close that gap. Whereas you're, you're saying start from your strengths, start from where you know, you're know you close, but not quite there. And it's something you enjoy. And then you can get that quick win, right? And then spiral it into these other things. At least that's what I'm getting from what you're saying. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And again, in, in maybe that's not, you know, maybe some psychologist out there says, no, start with the bigger win. Cause you hear all these different, but and there's nothing wrong with that. I just right. think that Looking when you're building it. momentum, building that, you know, win after win, progress after progress, that builds your momentum, which then creates that snowball effect of, okay, now you feel better. When you first, when what I found, at least in my experience, is when people first ask you, I want to lose weight, I want to do this, they're not understanding that this is a lifestyle change versus something they're going to do for six months and then stop. What most people do is they think they're going to, after, oh, once I lose 40 pounds, I can go back mm-hmm. to eating chocolate cake. I can go, it's like, no, 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 no. This is your life now. Like this Mm -hmm. is what you have to do. So when you start getting these wins and when you start feeling better and better and better, and you start, you know, seeing it, that's a good way to build that mindset of, okay, this is, this feels good. I can do this because they don't, they don't know what that feels like until they start to feel it. So that's kind of how I attack it of let's get these again, however slow it is depends on the person, but let's Mm -hmm. get these small wins, build momentum. And then slowly this will change your mindset to, in a year from now, you won't recognize yourself. Like, oh my gosh, I work out. I worked out three days a week for a year, and I never did that before. And those are right. small wins, and now it's part of your life, part of your habit, and you're going to start seeing more and more results as you snowball. Again, the more you move, the more you do, the the more results you're going to get. So obviously, it depends sure. on how fast you want to go. Yeah, yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. And I think that people yeah. listening, who just even when they're doing it on their own, you know, take heart if they if you feel like you're you've got a lot to work on and you've been going years doing one thing, just uh, listen to what Scott's saying, right? Attack attack one behavior that is a small win, an area that you enjoy, start to build on that. Uh, because motivation, we know, willpower, motivation, they're nice in the short term for a little burst. Or even if you have a coach, it's nice to have that coach to push you, but it's not a sustainable approach. Um, and I know you like to talk about that too, right? Motivation and willpower. What What's the alternative to that? Is it what we were just talking about? Is there, are there some other mindset games and strategies you bring into play? I think motivation is great to get started. Uh, there's no doubt, like you're not going to do it if you're not motivated. I'm also, you know, also won't do it if you don't want to do it. So you got to be motivated mm-hmm. to some extent. Motivation lasts 
uh, about two weeks. And I say that because about it's like 80% of any health goal from New Year's ends in about two weeks. So by January 15th, all the health goals are already over or 80% are already over. So motivation doesn't last very long. Motivation doesn't last when it's five in the morning snowing cold in the Midwest and your car doesn't start and you got to warm it up. That's not, there's no motivation there. Mm-hmm. I think what helps, I, I guess there's two things. One discipline. I think discipline is really where people should be focused and discipline is habit building. If you can do yeah. something over and over again and build that habit, build there's something called basically neurological pathways where if you do something over and over again, repetition is how we learn. You're going to build that muscle memory basically in, in a more of a habit sense than the actual muscle memory. So, I think that's number one is discipline, build discipline, focus on that, focus on you don't have to like what you're going to do mm-hmm. as long as you go and do it. I like half the time, and this might be horrible to say, like, I don't want to work out half the time. I have to be mm-hmm. like, I have to like, okay, I'll just, I'll go do it. Like, fine. And I feel phenomenal when I'm done. And that's, that's a discipline versus if I didn't do it because I wasn't motivated, I wouldn't do it. And I think that's a huge differential. So I do it even when I don't want to. So that's number one. And then when it comes to trying to stay, I guess, supporting yourself, I would say uh, some tools that I will implement is number one, you know, what's your reason why? Why do you want to, let's just say losing weight. Why do you want to lose weight? Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like what, what, what is the reason you want to lose it? Tell, and don't, don't tell me, tell yourself, what is it? And then once you find, you should be able to write out 30 reasons. It could be family. It could be personal. It could be as vain as you want to be, as long as it's important to you. When I was 22, you know, years ago, uh, being, being, having a six pack and it being just the hottest guy around was a really important goal to me. Now mm-hmm. that has changed since then, but that was important and at the time that would force me to go to the gym because that's what I wanted. So whatever goal you have, I think that's really important. So understanding your reason why, and then making it visible, I think is super important because I have a whiteboard in my apartment, uh, where I, where, where I live and I have specific goals and specific whys written down so that I look at every morning I can reaffirm, okay, got to do this today. Got to do this today. Cause if you don't, what's going to happen? You're going to wake up, do your normal routine. You're going to forget all about it. You know, especially when work gets busy, when children are sick, when you got to go to the soccer game, I have constant reminders. There's actually, I learned this yeah. from Bob Proctor. I'm not sure if you don't know who Bob Proctor is, but he's kind of like the personal development guru. And actually, he actually just died last year. Um, but he actually used to carry around a note card in his pocket and would write down his reasons why or his specific goal. And he wouldn't look at it, but he would know it was there. So every time he felt his pocket, it would remind him, that's my goal. So if like, for example, if your goal is to work out three days a week and you have that in your pocket and you feel it work out three days a week, you'll, you'll constantly be resetting your mind. So it's not necessarily a motivational tactic. It's more of a support system tactic. What's your reason why? And then make it visible so you can constantly remind yourself to do something. Cause I have clients all the time. They, they know, they know hundred percent. I know I got to go for a walk. I know I, 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 I can't eat this ravioli or whatever it is that's left. Out. I know, but they don't do it and they don't do it because yep. they just, they don't reset themselves every day. They just kind of, and, oh, and there's I, always a reason, right? That they didn't do it. Always a hey, this is Philip Pape. And if you feel like you've put in effort to improve your health and fitness, but aren't getting results, I invite you to apply for one-on-one coaching to make real progress and get the body you desire. We'll work together to figure out what's missing so you can look better, perform better, and feel better. Just go to witsandweights.com slash coaching to learn about my program and apply today. Now back to the episode. So what I like that. So the discipline and then, and then the why, but with the why, with the card idea, is that something you use with clients? Like concretely, do you say, Hey, go do this? Like on the onboarding call, let's write it down an index card or is there some strategy you use with them? 
Yeah. So I try to, uh, yeah. again, I, I'm very, you can't force people to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I give them, I usually <laughs> give them an option and I see what sticks and what doesn't stick. Uh, but I tell them if you do everything I tell you to do, you're going to see better results. If you don't do it, I can't, I, but I'm not going to force you. Like you have to be exactly. able to do it. Now I, again, depends on the situation. I try and force the best I can without being too pushy. Cause yeah, if you're too pushy too early, you know, clients yeah. will, 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 uh, they won't trust you. So, oh, but sure. I attempt, yes, that's something I do attempt to do. At at minimum, I say they have to have some sort of piece of paper on their desk or in their sink at their house so they can see it every day when they brush their teeth or something like that. Mm, If they have a whiteboard, (laughs) yeah, if they have a whiteboard, even better. If they have an office, if they have a a, somewhere that their spouse or friends can't see it at their house or at work, put it there, but put it somewhere where it's personal to you. Uh, I wouldn't do it on the computer mostly because then you have to open your computer to see it's got to be visible right when you walk in the door. And that's where my whiteboard is. That's where the mirror is. That's so. Yeah, we're like so inundated with our reminders and technology that we tend to ignore them anyway. Yeah, you could put it on your phone, but I'm not sure. Will, will people, first, I've got to put it on your phone. That's the hard part. Yeah, it's yeah. like actually, and then are people actually going to follow that is the question. Kind of it's so that. funny how these old school tool, tools can still be highly effective. Like oh. just literally just yesterday, I have a client who checks in with me who tells me daily what's going on because she's in a phase where like we're trying to get through a, a trigger triggering issue with her food. And mm-hmm. now she's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and on an index card, write Like my couple guidelines that I have. And every time I go out this week and I'm just going to bring it out, you know, I'm like, it reminds me of that. I love that. I love you know, that. It's great. Um, Probably seeing cool. good results yeah. too. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. Like you said, it, everybody's individual and the communication style depends. Like some clients really want tough love and you could just, Hey, you need to do this for me now because if not, you know, you're, you're failing yourself, blah, blah, blah. And others, it's like pussyfooting around it. Um, cool. So, um, we talked about, uh, perception and mindset a little bit. And I mean, what about shifting mindset? There's another concept that I I like to get into and learn more about. I want to, I want to hear your perspective on that of, you know, the fixed growth versus growth mindset or, um, whatever school of thought you want to bring up in, you know, people's, people's way of thinking can change over time. Right. So is there a methodology you use there? You talk to about that for shifting your mindset? Yeah, for sure. So I'll, and I'll, I'll preface this. I'm not a psychologist. So, you know, obviously take what I say with a grain not of salt. not a psychologist. You're not an RD. Okay. We established that. that. Yeah. So don't take, you know, Be glad uh, you're not an RD because then you're forced to give people meal plans. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So, uh, which people ask all the time. I'm like, what do you mean? Give you, here's like what I eat, but go figure it out. Uh, no. Um, an adult. Yeah. <laughs> So shifting mindsets is so difficult. I will say, and from someone who like, you know, there's plenty of things I'm going through it right now. So one of my mindset shifts, mindset shifts is I want to meditate every single day or at least six days a week. I'm willing to give myself that one day off just if something happens. And I have not built that in. I went like three months doing great. Then I took the summer off because I'm stupid. And then uh, I'm trying to get back into it. And so, you know, shifting your mindset is very difficult. First, in my mind, it can be very difficult to do because we are basically a computer program. We are hard. There are many things that we are taught when we were younger that we don't even know that we're doing now. <laughs> so when you're, you know, there's something, so there's certain, if you look up brainwave activities before you're seven years old, I think you're always in theta brainwave, which is basically a, your subconscious brainwave, which is where you just literally just take all the information and you absorb it all. And then you basically build this computer program in your head, and that's kind of how you perceive the world. And mm-hmm. so even brothers who live in the same household, they might get different stories by having different interactions with people. That's how they grow up differently. Or they have the same story, and they grow up the same way. And that's how some people, same age, different parts of the country, they, you know, there's different stories. So you're, you're almost hardwired to have a specific story. So if your story in your head tells you that you're not good enough or you're not meant to be in shape or you can't lose this weight or it's just negative all the time – 
it could take a lot of work. And so shifting mindsets, I think, comes with a couple different territories. And I probably won't hit every topic here, but one is you have to self-reflect. You have to really be – a lot of people aren't honest with themselves when they come to trainers and like, I want to lose weight. Oh, I'm doing so well. And then they like lie about half the stuff that they're not doing. It's like, oh, I didn't realize I had that chocolate. I didn't realize – it's like, okay, so you're not really being totally honest with me about it. Mm-hmm. They're lying to themselves. They're lying to me. They're lying to themselves. Yeah self-deception that they think that they're in better shape or this food isn't as bad as they, as it should be. Also, it's okay. So number one, it's really self-reflection, really understand and be honest with yourself and have a, have yourself a good cry to be honest, because it's a good emotional release to what am I doing wrong? Like what, what can I do to actually make a change in my life? And then really feel that. I think the two biggest things that changing your mindset, and I, and I truly believe this is one emotion. You need to have emotion involved with it. And two is direct thought with the emotion. So if you want to lose weight, thinking about it and having a, an emotion about it are two con, uh, combined things that will really help you push that forward. So for example, when I meditate, if there's something that I want, I know it sounds a little you know woo-woo, but like I will have a positive emotion towards what I want and I will then force myself to basically have positive intent when the intent leads to action on it, which then yields different results, which will then yield the congruent results that I talk about over time. So when someone wants to change their mindset, it's all about, I think, number one, uh, creating positive intent with what they want to do. And then Building, building that discipline, number two, like we talked about before, you have to kind of just push yourself to do it. And right. as you get those mini successes and you see the results, it's like, okay, you know, I, I, your mindset will shift slowly. For example, when you're an employee and you work for a company, it's like, my boss, he doesn't understand anything that I, he sucks. I hate, you know, we hear it all the time. So then I happen to be the boss in the situation. They don't get it. They're only looking at one cup of the situation. That's their perspective. That's their mindset. This one cup was that's, that's their, that's their, that's their job title. That's the gym they manage. That's whatever. But as a manager, you have five cups you have to oversee. You see more of the bigger picture. And so when you be, when you go from one cup to five cups, your perspective changes. You, you see, okay, oh, that's why my boss did that. Oh, that's why this happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why the trainer told me to stop eating that because I gained 50 pounds. When you can see the bigger picture and you see, and you can only see the bigger picture as you improve, as you open more doors, as you get more results, you start to, you start to go, Oh, the light goes on. That's, that makes sense. That's why. So when you start seeing those little wins over and over again, you can start then basically changing your mindset that way. So once you can see more cups from the analogy, you can say, Oh my gosh, that's why my boss did that. He wasn't being a jerk. He just understood that, you know, this leads to this, this, and this versus my little cup. Like, why can't you fill my cup all the way? Well, because I have to split it with five other. So it's a matter of perspective. And when you're able to start seeing results, I think your perspective can naturally change. Now, again, I'm not a psychologist. It's not a perfect example. No, but- no, but you just connected like the whole arc of this conversation from something earlier was said. I want to, t- I want to like let it percolate a bit because I, I like this. First of all, a wise man once said, positive thoughts don't work unless you feel it. The wise man was you because I got that, I think, from your website. So it ties in with what you were just saying. <laughs> but, but earlier we were talking about small wins and that's how it's a quick way to start making progress. Almost, almost under the radar, right? Like you don't even realize you're just doing this thing day to day and it's making progress. But then now you also said you can shift your mindset by getting the results, which sounds chicken and egg because you need to first get those results to then yes. feel like, you know, the result from getting results. So, I mean, people listening to that shit, it's, it's a profound thing, but it really is true. It's that you want something, go and make these little changes, start to really acknowledge and feel and recognize and enjoy those results. And then it kind of iterates on itself. 
Um, hopefully we're not getting too philosophical, Scott. I love this stuff. <laughs> it's good. Oh, I, I love it's it. Good. I love it. And, it, and I just, I find it to be the biggest issue people have is that, you know, I think the positive intent is so important. And I think there's new studies out there right now, you know, talking about, you know, stuff I won't get into, of course, but neuro, you know, creating new neurological pathways. And the only way to mm-hmm. rewire the, what's the way to, what's the way to fix your computer? It's to reset it, right? It's to get rid of the documents, get yeah. rid of the files. So if you take that analogy, it's okay. If I have positive emotional intent, what they're saying is you could enter a certain brainwave status or a certain feeling, the meditation yeah. feeling and say, okay, I'm going to do this, which will then create new systems in your body, which will then help you move mm-hmm. along and create more results. And uh, it, it's, it, it's a little, it's a little woo woo. It's a little like, yeah, yeah. It takes, no, I get it. There's a around, phil- it's- scientific aspect to it that I think makes a lot, even, even meditation and breathing and all that. Like I used to be very uh, cynical Anti- about it, but same. there's science behind, you know, how we're wired and doing those things and how they change our brain and our physiology. So I, I like that you're bringing this stuff up and hopefully people listening can go research, you know, the theta waves and all this stuff. It's yeah. Really it's, cool. it's, yeah. I, I yeah. recommend, uh, well, who do I, Oh, there's, there's so many of them out there. So I won't even recommend yeah. one of them, but just look up theta waves and all that stuff and, you know, brain waves and changing habits. And I think you'll find some good, interesting reason cool. just, just to preface, just so everyone knows, like, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm the guy in, you know, I was the fraternity president. I was, you know, a, a big lifting guy. You know, I was a, a varsity athlete. Like, I'm not this, you know, I was never this meditation Yep. Yoga ever until until like a year and a half ago, and I started studying it. I started really looking, and wow, this stuff is life changing because the way I was doing it before wasn't working. And I was like, yeah. this is actually very, so. I'm not that guy who's been like, oh, since I was five years old, I've been in the forest and meditating. Like, That's not me at sure. all. I was very anti meditation. Like, monastery oh. for ten years. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I'm like, I'm like breathing. <laughs> I, I breathe when I sleep. I'll, I need to work out. Leave me alone. And then and now it's like, okay, actually, there's a little bit more to it than I had initially yeah. anticipated. So. Yeah. yeah. So, so people might be thinking then, okay, that's great. I want to start making all these changes. Uh, but there's a Winston Churchill quote I, I like, and of course I wrote it specifically down for this podcast and it's plans are of little importance, but planning is essential. Right. So when, when we want to change these habits, should we have a plan? Like, so we have this goal, we want to lose weight. And like you said, you need to go beyond that. Okay. Why do you want to lose weight? Okay. I want to, I want to look good. Okay. Why do you want to look good? Okay. I want to feel great for this or whatever. Um, how specific should our goals and plans be to kind of reverse engineer back to what habits we should change? I think all the way, as far as you can make it, as far as you can make it, because the farther back you go. So for example, if you take that exact example you gave, so I want to lose weight. Why? Because I have a history of health disease in my family. Okay. But why do you want to lose? Oh, because my, my grandma or my mom died when I was young. What, so wh- why is that important to you? Because the way I felt, and then as you get deeper into the whys, as you know, his, anyone with kids would know, they ask you why, 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 as mm-hmm. you get deeper, you get more emotional. And the more emotional that you can get about why you're doing something, mm-hmm. the percentage statistical likelihood of you to achieve that result is astronomically higher. So if you can get emotionally attached to it, and and that's why I said, be honest with yourself and stuff like, why do you want to do it? What's the actual reason why you want to lose 20 pounds? Because you don't have to lose 20 pounds, like live the way you want to live. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. out here trying to get everyone. Like if you don't want to lose 50 pounds, don't lose 50 pounds. I don't care. Like I want the people who do care to to come to me. So I think that the, I think you should dig all the way down. Now, if you're with a trainer and they're trying to do that with you, like obviously you're, you're only going to go so far, but I'm talking internally, go as deep as you can go, write down as many as those as you can, because the more emotional connection you can have, 
the better results you're going to have because you're going to want to support yourself because now you feel that emotion. Now you, I've had clients break down on a call with me crying because mm-hmm. we broke it down and they, they really felt that spark of like, wow, I didn't realize what I was feeling this whole time. And now it's so clear. And now they have a clear path, at least a more clear path forward to achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. Does it work every time? Of course not, but it, it's something that helps you along the way. Now, of course, I, I do want to preface that I'm not saying you shouldn't just grip it and rip it and, and work out, even if you haven't identified all those things that you shouldn't let overthinking stop you from taking True. action either. So that's a, a big thing. I'm not saying you have to make this as perfect as, but no, just do it along the way. Do it along the way, always reassess and just, you know, don't worry about the nuance of it. Just start going is kind of my Yeah, my Yeah, it's there. a fine balance though. Like you yeah. said, it's a you want to have an end goal, you want to have some steps along the way, but you also every day can things can change. So what? You yeah. go go with the flow and keep getting out there and taking action. Exactly. That's what coaches are for. So. That's, and that's what coaches are for, man. Yeah, so. I mean, I was, you were talking about the why, and one of my clients said, you know, she wants to be devastatingly gorgeous. She'll know who it is when she she listens to this. And I said, well, why do you want to be that? Well, really, because I want to be a good role model for my kids. Uh, okay, now we're getting a little bit more into what you really want, right? I mean, yeah, it's like that's the one. You know? kind of not the, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> she she's got a sense of humor. It's all good. I love that. Um, devastatingly gorgeous. Me too. Me too. Yeah, if she yeah. finds the if she finds the secret, let me know. Exactly. Um, all right. So a little side tangent here is you're, you're kind of a storyteller and you do speaking engagements. And I mean, I personally have a passion for public speaking as a skill because I used to be an introvert and it was something I had to get over. And again, mindset shift, like, you know, used to be, well, uh, I can't do that. What that guy's doing up on stage to like, I know I can do that. Now let me get there. Um, I'm curious what kind of speeches and seminars you do, like what, what topics, what audiences just you mind sharing a little bit of that about that? Yeah. Uh, very similar to this, to be honest, like maybe yep. just a little bit more in detail and we go through practical steps and like we go through more specific examples, get the audience involved. But a lot of it is really based on mindset and explaining di- the difference between discipline and motivation. The explaining, uh, I love talking about the, um, the basics of fitness. So I, I have presentations that are basically fitness 101, literally how do you get started from zero to like just going to the gym and like what you mm-hmm. have to do in between. Uh, the most recent one I've been working on and I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to be doing it is called the 10 minute method. And it's mm-hmm. basically how to, how to basically see master your fitness in 10 minutes. And the idea behind it is if you can master your mindset in 10 minutes and it, it involves basically getting off the couch, warming up, and then committing to the workout in a 10-minute span, you can then achieve all the fitness results you want. So I would say a lot of what we talked about today are very similar to the public speaking aspect of, I know one of them was called the Be Do Have, uh, which I spoke at a North Carolina convention uh, last year, actually. It It ended up being virtual, but the idea behind Be Do Have was because you have to become the person and then you can do things to have what you want. And most sure. people have that the opposite. They're like, I'm going to do this so I can have this and then I'll become this mm. person once I have it. And it's actually, it, you have to reverse engineer it. That system doesn't work as we've seen it, considering our society, at least in the US, our society right now, is it's not working with fitness. So you have to become that person, which most people don't want to do or don't understand. Yeah, and then- that. So it's the be, do, have method was something I talked about is becoming that person who works out, becoming that person who does that. So those are some topics I've talked about uh, in the oh, past. Okay. The t- now, the 10-minute method, is that also related to the coaching calls you tend to do? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just letting people know. Got to get it out there. <laughs> appreciate um, it. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> and the be, do, have, it's funny. I've, I've, I've interviewed a few people leading to this show. I don't think their their episodes have come out yet. Of course, they will once they see this show. But um, and And it's like that common theme of 
I don't want to say positive visualization again. That sounds like the the woo-woo thing. But if you are somebody a year from now, now, uh, then you're obviously not doing something that that person would do, right? And that's kind of leading you to taking those actions, right? Like it's yeah. almost like you were you've become. Imagine if you become that person, and all of a sudden you were in a coma for a year and you just stopped doing all the things that person would have been doing as part of their habits. Now you just need to get back to that. <laughs> it's like yeah, I mean you know? yeah, basically. <laughs> It's a good point. Yeah. Um, so the uh, another question that comes to mind then is mindset versus education, right? How, in your experience, talking to people at these seminars and talking to people in general, how many people just don't know things versus they know the things but need the mindset change? Man, that's a good question. I would yeah. say it's got to be, I mean, it's not 50-50, but it's pretty close. I would probably say 60%. Okay. You know what the issue is? A lot of people who don't have the right mindset also don't have the right education. So it's right, like kind of true. kind of a mix. I would say the people that can literally just make a change and it's just all in their head is probably about 50, about 40%. I would say 40% of them, like they can do it. I would say 60% need education. They just and they think they know, but when you when you, you know, for example, you go really into fitness, right? It's okay. Well, if you want to do hypertrophy and you want to gain X amount, how much do you, how many calories above your maintenance level do you have to eat? How do you find your maintenance level calorie? How many reps? How what's your rest time in between? And they don't quite know that. They know how to work out, they know right, how to get the, the routine, nuances, but they, yes. they don't know the new the the, the, the I, I call them the basic nuances because those are simple to figure out. Yeah. I don't yeah, sure. I don't get into like the <laughs> I don't get into the real, into the, like the Mike Israel nuances. Yeah. 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 I don't get into that. I, I think that's a waste of most people's time in the general population. But, um, I think that the basic nuances are very important. And most people have issues with that. Now mm-hmm. I would say in between those, uh, some people, they can at least go to the gym and lift weights and they just don't quite know exactly how to put it together. So yep. that answers your question. It does. And it's just, I, it's for selfish reasons. When I bring guys on this podcast or ladies, it's, I want to learn as much as I can too, but hopefully the listener is as well. Um, because you know, we all have to put our reels out on Instagram and it's like, who, what do people really need? Do they need to, to shift their mindset or do they need to know about macros, you know, or do they need to know about like oh, what deficit both. to be? Yeah, I know exactly. It's both. Yeah. So thanks for enlightening me on that. All right. I actually do hear, hear that, but it's just very subtle. I, there's some construction going on with uh, at Scotts right now, but we, we can't hear it. Yeah, we so had a there's good. a uh, yeah, there's a fire truck right next door, and I'm like, great guys, that's what you. it is. It's the but, frequency of the siren. Yeah. All right. So the penultimate question I like to ask all guests is, what one question did you wish I had asked, and what is your answer? I mean, I think you I think you covered it. Uh, I mean. You covered. I mean, I'm not sure. There's a question I wished you asked. I think we had a really good conversation on the mindset. Maybe, you know, the only thing I, I didn't really cover was perception creating reality. I think that if you're someone who works in corporate America, and which is the vast majority, or just you have a stressful job, okay, or you have kids, or you have this, like it's, I call it the red light effect. Most of us, and I have it too, and I'm I'm not better than anyone else. It's just it, I, everyone has it, but it's about the awareness of having it. When I'm going to work, okay, and there are 15 red lights, and I, and I hit you know seven green lights, eight red lights. What do you tell everyone that came into work? I hit every freaking red, red light, light today. Yeah. You never acknowledge the positives in your life. Now you'll acknowledge everyone else's positive, except for your own. Mm. Your friend got a promotion, great job. Your friend got a girlfriend, great job. You got a raise. Oh, it's not that big a deal. No, you all, we mm-hmm. always, 
we're so negative towards ourselves. And so that creates the reality we live in. Cause the reality is you just said you missed every light, which is all 15 lights. But in reality is you basically were half and half green and red. And that's how most life is. Most of it's law, law uh, the law of large numbers is half and half. It, it's usually kind of how it breaks out. So my, the idea is your perception creates your reality. Whether you think it's woo woo or guru or whatever, and you don't like that stuff, just think about it. If you're negative all the time, and you don't, and you hate your body. You don't want to work out. It's it's going to create a self fulfilling prophecy where you're going to rationalize. Well, I can't work. I don't, I'm busy. That's where the excuses come from. I'm too busy. I, I had a stressful day at work. I hate this. I mean, it's like if you, I've had clients who have, you know, they're a single mother or a single father with three kids, all in varsity sports. They got a drink, and they still beat me to the gym. So it's like, I don't even understand. I'm like, to me, it's like, I, I understand there's going to be times in your life where things are going to be difficult, but long term, like, if you have a negative perception, that's going to create a negative reality, and that's going to create that constant loop that you're going to be in, and then you're not, it's, it's very difficult to break that cycle. So I think that's one thing people fall into is they're so hard on themselves, but yet everyone else gets all the praise. Like praise yourself first. Like praise yourself. Feel good about what you're doing. Like, oh, my gosh, that's so great. And I, and I have a hard time. I have a very hard time mm-hmm. taking any sort of appreciation. Sure. Oh, my God, Scott. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Thanks. I don't. I love it, but I'm like, uh, I can't show that I love it. It's weird. So – Praise yourself, appreciate the small wins because your perception creates your reality. And if you're always negative, you're always down on yourself. And if you're at the workout, just like, hate this, it's, it's not going to be, you're not going to like it. You should be enjoying the, at least not hating the process. I wouldn't say enjoying it, but you should not be hating the process. And you should really uh, focus on spinning that negative. It, it, I'm not saying fake pot, don't fake positivity. Right. Because, right. you know, if you tell yourself, I'm, I'm in shape, yeah. I'm in shape, I'm in shape, yeah. and you're not, like you're just lying to yourself and you know you're lying to yourself. Right. But if you can acknowledge successes, acknowledge where you're at and create that silver lining for yourself and how you're going to improve, it will change your life for sure. Yeah. And, and how, I mean, so just maybe come up with every day or every week, what, what is one win for today that happened to me? Right. Is that, you know, would you say that's an approach or do you have other yeah. approaches? Yeah. I think it's great. If you wake up every morning, um, what I do every morning right now, at least I'm attempting to do every morning is I wake up. What is one thing that I'm, I'm grateful for. And it could be anything in your life. Now, again, if you're going for a specific goal, it could be for a goal, but anything in your life, what am I grateful for? It can, mm-hmm. it can let in, not to disparage anyone who doesn't have something, but like, it could be, I'm grateful for having all 10 fingers. Cause now I can button my shirt easily without having assistance. Like that as simple as that is, no one thinks about that until something happens. So it could be as you, that you have lights that you, if you live in the U S you have power this winter versus in Europe where they might not mm-hmm. have power this way. Like there's certain things you can be grateful for that in me changed the narrative. If you're looking for some sort of win and your goal, yeah. What did you do yesterday that you could be proud of and be grateful for it the next day or be grateful for it that night before you go to bed? Either way, cool. when you wake up, go to bed. Yeah. Be grateful. If you're grateful for something or one acknowledgement of winning, that could help break the cycle for sure. Awesome. Be grateful. Uh, great way to end the podcast. I think last question would be then where can listeners learn about you and your work? Oh my gosh. It's everywhere. No. Uh, so the power of progress, iTunes, Spotify, Google yeah. yeah, Google, <laughs> you'll, find, you'll find me somewhere. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, power of progress on there. Uh, Instagram, Scott Friedman, 24. And then the website I have is uh, scottspeaksfitness.com. Those are main, those are probably the three main places people can, uh, and feel free to reach out. I'm always available. I answer every DM that comes my way, assuming it's reasonable. And, uh, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty open with everyone. Cool. Everybody DM Scott right now. So his inbox gets flooded. Yeah, He'll be happy to help. Um, I'll put those links in the show notes to the podcast, the website, Instagram. Listeners can find you. And again, Scott, thank you again, man. This is a really great talk. I had a lot of fun. Hope you did as well. Thanks for coming on. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
Thanks for listening to the show. Before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you enjoy the podcast, let me know by leaving a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and telling others about the show. Thanks again for joining me, Philip Pape, in this episode of Wits and Weights. I'll see you next time and stay strong. Hey, before you go, I want to let you know about a free resource I have. They are free guides on everything from fat loss to eating out to building muscle to managing hunger to figuring out the best macros for you and more being added all the time. You want to get the most out of these podcasts and your time to look and feel your best. And these free guides will give you a quick and easy way to know what to do. If you want to get your hands on these completely free guides, you can head over to witsandweights.com slash free. That's witsandweights.com slash free to get your free guides and level up your results today.